From the ashes, I'm Daniel. I'm the homie Roman. Roman. How is it, beautiful humans? So today we have a swap cast with Down the Rabbit Hole. And we actually go on their show and they interview both me and Roman on there. And we we took their audio and we're going to put it up for you today as an episode. And we're going to fill it up with our... Uh, news. Sweet. All right. Here we are. Here we are. Hey, everybody. So we're coming in to a future, a future on a beautiful path. This podcast, this show has created a light at the end of the tunnel that was the dark lives of Dan and I. We were depressed sad <laughs> and uh living on the fringes and fringe and ends of society and then we started doing rising from the ashes and since then our spirits have been joyously up and we feel like we are making accomplishments in our life anyways uh we are going to uh at some point implement donation based program for anybody who you know sees it sees it fit to do so it's going to benefit the show and us in the way of being able to get more features on you know the um the platforms that we use to record and edit and then being able to hire artists and be able to entice yeah get get websites websites up to order shirts we want to have merch we want to do all the things and stickers and to be able to to be able to support um, the time that it takes to research, you know, is it's it's there in the list of things. And and so, yeah, we're going to implement that at some point and it's uh, it's going to be coming. So if you guys are consistent listeners and, and you guys are down, that's going to be an option for you guys. And we'd really appreciate it. Um, a little bit goes a long way, honestly. And, um, and and listens and likes and shares and telling your friends and sending it to your mom. I send so many episodes yeah. of podcasts that I like to my mom. I'm like, have you li- listened to this new show? Like, that's the first person I usually send shows to. Right? I mean, Not me. you da- are you Not down? Me. Like, I mean, we're, we're going to do it. We don't know how it's, we're going to do it yet, but we're going to figure out a way. We're, we're not the most technically uh, wiz- wizards of yeah. the tech wizards, but we are in fact wizards. But for now, since you can't donate and you love our show, t- at least tell your friends, spread it around, tell everybody you know to check it out, listen to it, put it out there. Please do. And if you're listening to it right now on Spotify, that's a really easy way to share upon the Instagrams, on the story. It also adds a, a, a colorful yeah. uh, piece of content to your Instagram story. And everybody loves just clicky, 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 clicky. Hitting it with the, the right thumb. You know what I mean? <laughs> or leave leave, leave some reviews on whatever platform you're listening yes. on, too. Give us, you know, however many stars you think we deserve and leave a little note. You know, your show sucks. You guys are idiots. Whatever. It, I hope, it, I hope uh, so. <laughs> I mean, that doesn't help. But <laughs> Constructive criticism, please. But, I mean, yeah, still, still, uh, you know, review the show and – all that good stuff. Still send us emails. Tell us what you like, what you don't like, what you think we could add. Guests you want on. People that we can hit up. 
Those are all things that we're in control of that we can do, and we want to make the best show possible for all of you guys. Yes, Fire Drive. Please do that. Please make it. Do it. Because yeah, I told listen you to. Dan. <laughs> Dan and Naki, Dan's coming at your dough. All right, here we go. Here we go, man. Um, so I brought up Jasmine last time, and I mainly focused on oral health and oral care. And with that, I'm diving deeper into oral care today. I'm going to bring up a bunch of sites and list of harmful chemicals and ingredients that are basically unnecessary that are in your daily toothpaste, your most common toothpaste, ADA toothpaste. And I I want to also at some point get into the ADA, the American Dental Association, and because the esoteric histories behind that is deep. So I want to get on a guest on that. Anyways, so what we're going to do, um, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to go through a list of all the ingredients that are in a normal crest, uh, Sensodyne, uh, your most common uh, toothpaste. And they, there's a lot of shit. <laughs> there's a lot of ingredients. So it's going to be, uh, listen up, y'all. Number one, fluoride. Used in toothpaste to strengthen enamel, fluoride is considered toxic when ingested in high levels and as a controversial additive to water. The addition of fluoride to toothpaste prompted manufacturers in the U.S. to have warning labels. Saturin. Enough said, but for those who still consume it, the sweetening agent in Sweet and Low is saturin. It has been linked to bladder cancer. Splenda is a chlorocarbon and an excitotoxin. Saturin. It's super sweet. I think it's 300 times sweeter than sugar. Um, there is multiple different types of sugar in toothpaste, but they don't say sugar. They just have other fancy names to it, right? Uh, sodium lauryl sulfate, carrageenan, propylene glycol. Can you say antifreeze? Yes, people. This is a solvent that has an active component in some antifreezes. It's a petroleum-based chemical that is used to soften cosmetic products. Uh, products and is used in a plethora of personal care products. In large quantities, studies have shown that it can cause damage to the central nervous system, liver, and heart. The same stuff used to make antifreeze does not belong in your mouth. <laughs> Pretty fucking easy. I'm going to come over to a list of ingredients. That was only half of the ingredients on the Crest labels, my friends. Okay. Need I go any further? No. You can do the research. That's just a list of some of the neurotoxins that are in the over the shelf, over the table, whatever the fuck you want to call it, toothpaste. Okay. Everybody's putting that shit in their mouth. Like I could tell you like percent percentage wise of people that aren't using those toothpaste is very, very minimal, like very, very small percentage of people, including myself up until recently. Okay. Because I love brushing and I love flossing. I love all these things. I like the, 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 the kind of pain on my gums, right? But I had a tooth fall out of my mouth. Okay? I, I went on a plant-based diet for a couple of years and I was completely vegan. And I had a fucking tooth fall out of my mouth. So I switched it back up. was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I need to start eating meat again. And then so I've been brushing and flossing like crazy using, you know, the, the really nice, you know, mouthwashes and shit and, uh, and Sensodyne and, uh, you know, it just wasn't working. I, I just, it was, it was defeating the, the benefits. And so I started doing more research and, 
you know, y'all know I like Ayurveda and holistic health and the ancient ways of healing the body. And so I switched to a new toothpaste that's by a really great Ayurvedic company called Anima Munda Ayurveda. And they're amazing. So the ingredient list on this toothpaste is as I'm about to explain here. Okay. Ingredient number one, MCT oil, white kaolin clay, sodium bicarbonate, which is a nice fine salt, peppermint oil, myrrh oil, and neem seed oil. And that's it. And if you do any of the backlog research on any of these ingredients, that's very minimal processed. They're all basically single source from the earth and just very lightly, lightly processed, if at all. And they have regenerative and medicinal and anti-inflammatory properties. Okay. They're not chemicals that are made in lab to put into a tube that you squeeze onto the bristles, right? Everything is petroleum based in the tooth industry. Your toothbrush from your from the stock of the toothbrush to the bristles on it is all plastic, petroleum-based. And basically, all of the foaming agents and these the nanobeads that Crest just recently got rid of nanobeads, okay? Which are tiny plastic beads that were called nanobeads that go and they get stuck and lodged in between your teeth. It was just terrible. Like, I don't understand why the fuck they had that in there. Um, but now they have really tiny sand, silica, right? in there. Um, and from this list of ingredients, I am going to give you guys some info on my uh, favorite herb and plant medicine that is in this Anima Mundi toothpaste and it's myrrh. Okay. So myrrh, when you think of digestion, what is the first organ you think of? Right. Stomach. Okay. Yes. While your stomach is very important, digestion organ, where would it be without your lovely old mouth? Huh? Oral health and digestive health are yeah. two peas in a proverbial pod. If your oral health is suffering, your digestion is soon to follow. Bad oral health, specifically gum disease, is linked to a host of digestive complaints, including inflammatory bowel disease, as well as increased stroke and heart disease risk and even preterm birth and low birth weight babies. The evidence is crystal clear. Good Oral health is imperative to good overall health, which is why I'm an avid freak on the things that make your body better and and complete with the with the things that that nature provides. So myrrh medicinal benefits. You certainly do not have to look far to find a clickbaity headline promoting the use of myrrh essential oil for oral health. So while I am not promoting the use of myrrh essential oil, it's expensive, not to mention unnecessary. There are a few grains of truth to these articles. Myrrh has really outstanding action on oral health and therefore digestive and total health. This aromatic resin is specifically indicated for gum health, red inflamed gums, bleeding gums, gums with deep pockets and oral ulcerations may all respond well with this resin. It is heat and infection clearing and can temporarily dull the pain of a toothache. It also promotes salivation, the mouse's own way, preventing cavities, inflammation and infection. Myrrh also insists the immune system by increasing white blood cell production and acting as a highly effective antimicrobial agent. Instances of wet, phlegmy cough colds benefit greatly from its warming, stimulating, and drying 
energetics. Consider the use of this resin while dealing with a persistent annoying cold or a postnasal drip and associated nausea. High doses used for a short duration of time are traditionally used for the expulsion of internal parasites. So myrrh, to touch up on that a little bit, myrrh comes from the Middle East and Central Asia is where it's native from. So uh, mm. Exactly, exactly. So they have a lot of metaphysical qualities as well, but parasites are a thing in Asia. Um, so I, I, I'm assuming that's why that it was used a lot for that. No post on myrrh would be complete without mentioning cancer. There are some dangerously misleading articles circulating the internet tooting it as the cure for cancer. And let me just be clear and uh, clear the air here. Myrrh supports overall health and is a highly anti-inflammatory, both factors in reducing cancer risk. Exploratory studies using myrrh in the treatment of cancer are somewhat promising, but further studies are needed. Do not self-treat with cancer. You shouldn't do that um, un- unless you have a holistic doctor or if you're trying to, uh, to not do the Western medicinal way of treating it, self-medicating without at least some sort of you know, expert is, is always advised. And, and I just, I always want to lead with that just because, you know, I'm out here spewing things of, um, (laughs) you know, about health. And it's like, yo, I am not a doctor. I just gather a bunch of information from multiple sources and then try to make it, uh, into a cohesion that I can understand something that I like. So humans love your mouth, love, love it. Um, because it's very, very important that, the tissue and the skin on the inside of your mouth is very sensitive. And, uh, I, I, I don't promote like, you know, flossing more than once a day or like maybe every other day, but you can brush up to three to four times a day. Every time after you eat something, just even if it doesn't have paste on it, just hit the brush, swig a little water and just brush because yo tea gonna love it, baby. And there I am done. I hope you guys found that informational and good. If you have any comments, and do you, sir, have anything to say on that? Uh, I mean, yeah, I do. I was trying to look up what like fluoride was because I once heard that it was a byproduct. And I kept on finding stuff from that it it's just contained in rocks and different minerals. And I, blah, I, blah, have, blah. I have a deep uh, article on fluoride but, if you want. But I did find this which comes from let me get it it comes from the scientific world journal so not some conspiracy place or whatever it's a reputable source although fluoride is used industrially in a fluorine compound the manufacture of ceramics pesticides aerosol propellants refrigerants glassware and teflon cookware it is generally Unwanted byproduct of aluminum, fertilizer, and iron ore manufacture. So what I heard a long time ago is it was a because it was a byproduct, they, they couldn't just uh, get rid of it. So what they decided to do was put it into the water system and into our products as a way to get rid of their byproduct so that they wouldn't have to come up with a way to dispose of it. So instead, they would just Absolutely. give it to people. Yeah. Which is horrible. Oh, it's absolutely terrible. I mean, <laughs> um, yeah, I heard that story too. There's that podcast called uh, Conspiracy Theories um, by Parcast. 
and they have a two part episode mm-hmm. on fluoride and they and I was mind blown by that and I was just like so wait you're telling me that these cheap fucking bastards I'm sorry I said it okay you cheap fucks have a byproduct waste and you're like, oh, this could go into a, a contained area to not, you know, harm or affect anybody. But we are going to sell it and do that, even though studies have shown deeply that it is it's harmful. It's harmful to health. That's it. It's the low of the low, man, right there. It's yeah. low of the low. And, and if you think it's just a conspiracy theory, look at what they did to Michigan with putting lead in the water because they didn't want to find they didn't want to pay for waste removal of that because it was a byproduct also. So they just put it into the fucking water. So, I mean, the, these are, these are things that happen in our society. If we don't care, or if we say, Oh, well, that's just a conspiracy theory. And we don't do anything about it. Then these things are going to continue to happen because we're allowing them to happen. So we need to stop them from doing these types of things by, you know, going to city council meetings and talking and, you know, standing up for your city. and Absolutely. 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 And, you know, water treatment for a city I, is, is a, is a process, you know, it's a whole thing. Um, and it's difficult, but we can find other ways to do it than putting, you know, harmful, uh, metallic, uh, byproducts in there. Um, I, I want to, since this, I did want to, I didn't want to like spend too much time on this. So I didn't bring up this article, but I have another science article. So this study uh, is from the uh, National Institute of Health. <laughs> Institute uh, of Health. It's pretty spot on. Although the influence of fluoride on nervous tissues has been intensely studied for decades, the number of publications on fluoride concentrations in the brain is low, and they are almost exclusively carried out on humans and laboratory mammals. Although the brain is classified as a soft organ, some of its regions include highly mineralized structures. Humans and other mammals develop intracranial calcifications with age, known as acervoli. A normal psychological phenomenon in the brain, especially in the pineal gland. In mammals, the pineal gland have long been studied with regard to their association with aging, melatonin production, and neurological disorders. In contrast, in birds, the occurrence of intracranial calcifications are very poorly understood. So far, acervoli have been found in the pineal gland of the goose, duck, and turkey. Research by Luke showed that in the human pineal gland, fluoride reaches very high concentrations, greater than in the bones, which is probably related to the presence of fluoropatite containing concentrations in the gland. We have not found any other papers regarding fluoride in the mammal and avian pineal gland in available literature. The only exception is one conference report. Compared with mammals, the isolation of the pineal gland of birds is much simpler due to the easier access. Although the pineal gland is part of the epithelium in birds, including ducks, is very clearly visible from the dorsal side of the brain. This elongated gland is located between the cerebellum and the cerebral hemispheres. Its distal part is fused with the dura mater adjacent to the skull, and the anterior part is connected to the area of the camusera and the epitaphalus. 
In general, it is believed that the mammalian blood-brain barrier is relatively impermeable to fluoride, yet it does not pose an absolute barrier, and fluoride has the ability to enter the brain. Recently, it has been shown that chronic exposure to fluoride leads to damage of the blood-brain barrier and in the spinal cord. Birds have an incomplete blood-brain barrier and thus greater penetration of varying substances affecting the central nervous system. It's possible. Uh, is possible. Despite the increasing frequency of research and the effects of fluoride, the brain tissue and the subcellular and biochemical levels, there are very few papers on fluoride in brain cere uh, cerebrospinal fluid uh, vertebrae. In healthy humans, brain fluoride concentrations ranges from 0.4 to 0.68. For people with no identified diagnosis of fluoros uh, fluorosis, fluoride concentrations in CSF and blood differed slightly amounted to the uh, average of 0 0.17 to 0 0.20. The greatest fluoride concentration in the human brain was detected in a patient after an accidental dermal exposure to the hydraulic acid. The greatest fluoride in the CSF has been found in a patient who swallowed about 55 grams of of NAF in a suicide attempt. The corresponding values were 20.4. So basically fluoride calcifies the pineal gland, right? There's articles all over the internet for that. Like that's like the main reason why fluoride is bad. But what, what, mm -hmm. what people need to understand on a non metaphysical level of, you know, understanding what the pineal gland does on a spiritual level, um, on a brain function level, you know, like it, it decreases your br blood brain barrier, which is very important, uh, liquid that exists in your skull to protect your brain. And the fact that it says that even small amounts will slowly leak into it, you know, depending on how you're taking care of yourself, it can be really damaging to health. And that's why it's really scary, bro. Hmm. Yeah, man. Me too. I, hate I fucking hate it, dude. We have to do more on it. Oh, <laughs> God. But I'm done now. That the, Every time I read from the National Institute of Health, they have so many big words. I feel like I just ran a marathon. I'm like, whew. also, Also, too – to add to that, like when you're looking at toothpaste, uh, you know, I always check that there's no fluoride in it. But one of the other things is there's sugar in exact. That's toothpaste. what I was saying. Yeah, the fucking and if you're brushing your teeth, if you're brushing with your fucking teeth with Come sugar, on. your teeth are gonna Come fucking on. fall out. So What's the agenda behind the fucking tooth industry? <laughs> that's what I'm saying. <laughs> that's the whole thing we need to go into a deeper conversation about the ada because these people claim to be fucking scholars and academics and they're telling us that this harmful chemical that's a byproduct of metal all of these alcoholic sugars or sugar alcohol and different forms of of neurotoxins is actually going into the one of the most used orifice of your body with <clears throat> thin skin where digestion forms is has any benefit to our health at all it is absolutely just meant not make any sense to me that that would and I, like somebody who actually understands health would make that decision sorry i fucking god it's so terrible you used up all our rfta news time today and now i barely have any time <laughs> to do my article you better do it though man Motherfucker, but that was important stuff. So, I 
I do appreciate you that. are Thank welcome, you, man. And man, I tell you, if I didn't have a fucking tooth fall out of my mouth, I wouldn't have done gone down this rabbit hole at all, which is a sad. Yeah. Thing. So in our interview with down the rabbit hole, we talk a lot about box saga. They ask us a lot of questions about, you know, our origin story and the Nephilim and giants and Atlantis and all that good stuff that we tend to talk about around here. So I haven't really gotten a chance to get into box saga yet on this podcast. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to read a little bit about what box saga is for the people that don't know, because it's a lot of people don't know. And uh, so I'm just going to read a little bit, which is from boxsaga.info. And you can go there and they have all kinds of different stuff that you can check out on the website. And there's also a Box Saga book that's for purchase on the website. So if you want to know any information, more information about it, you can go there. And also, and hopefully soon, we're going to get one of these Box Saga episodes in full on the podcast. But it says, a word from the author. Eeyore was the member of his once great family and the first who was allowed to reveal the mysteries of the saga to the outside world. Ever since the day he started this enormous task in 1984, there have been many discussions about its veracity. I have no opinion on this. I can only observe that a strong inner logic runs through the story like a golden thread that it respects the laws of nature, of which there is one exception many of the claims made by the saga have been dismissed by academics and scientists as pure fiction however following the archaeological revolution of the last 30 years with the availability of sub-earth radar new technologies to test ancient dna and so on many of these claims turned out to be true one of the unsolved claims is that of the pre-ice age lemminkainen temple near helsinki and its subterranean treasure chambers that was closed in the year 987 AD. Every effort was made to open it from 1987 until the 1990s by Eeyore Bach and his friends, but to no avail. The sheer amount of granite rock that had to be removed to access the entrance of the temple proved to be too vast and costly, even with the use of modern equipment. But who knows, maybe this book will inspire a new generation of archaeologists to literally explore this matter further. The key to unlocking the saga is that of the first language spoken by mankind, which is characterized by every sound having a specific meaning. The combination of meaningful sounds from the matrix of the saga, which can be compared to numbers and formulas serving as the building blocks of mathematics and physics. This matrix ensured that the box saga was transferred orally in its purest form from generation to generation. To make an analogy with physics, E equals MC squared will always be that, no matter how many generations come to pass. The saga's sound code creates its internal logic, with it, which explains why most of the information to date has been in the form of audio tapes. After Eeyore's tragic murder in 2010, it took a while for the dust to settle down. Over the last three years, I committed myself, along with storytellers Michael Merle and Kevin Woods, to organizing and completing 
Eeyore stories into what has become this book today. The box saga should not be seen as the sole property of its followers and academics. It is, in its essence, it makes for an interesting read to anyone open to exploring completely new thoughts and insights into our shared humanity and might even be true. So what they're saying is it's not necessarily 100% true. They're saying there's some truth in it. So it's a mythological tale. It's your Bible. It's your Quran. It's your Mahabharata. It's your Buddhist handbook. It's your Mormon religion. It's all of those things. It's it's just a book to explain humanity's origins. And in all of those books, they also explain humanity's origins. So I look at it. I've said this time and time again. I look at it as a mythological source. And by combining all these sources together, you're able to tell of a different picture of this world. And so here's a few of the claims made within the Bach saga. One of the claims is that the first boy and girl, Frey and Freya, come from an ape copulating with a female goat. Super interesting Gross. because uh, if you've ever heard of the crossbreeding of, of humans, uh, they say that part of the DNA structure might be from that of a pig. Uh, it's most our our DNA is closely more closely related to pig, and that we possibly could have been crossbred. But pigs are in the same class as a goat. They're like part of. Uh, I forget what, what the actual class specification yeah, is, but they are they are related from goats. Also, it says the box saga is coming from Frey and Freya and passed down from generation to generation in the form of an oral tradition. That apart from Frey and Freya, all human beings are born from sperm and egg and all animals from embla and egg. That every boy and girl becoming seven years of age began a daily rite of drinking their own sperm and sap. Yes, you heard that right. That men and women were offering and collecting sperm and sap. Yes, right. Uh, I just wanted to let everybody know. I just did a quick little Google search, and artiodactyl is the the mam the mammal species that camels and goats and pigs are all in, which is. Fucking crazy, but sweet. Please keep going. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you've heard of the, the chimp-pig hybrid thing, that story yes. before? Gross. Weird. Yeah. So very interesting. Well, we are. <laughs> it also says that in the original procreative system, it took at least, I think this might be a 22,224 uh, people to create one child, I believe so. So what would happen in the offering system is all of the children who were not last child would offer all their sperm up to the last child and that last one would drink it. And the same with the female. The female line would all ejaculate into a cup and the last and then that female would drink all of that before they procreated so that they would have strong DNA. Uh, it's a very interesting and weird thing. Not saying that I agree with it, but 
that's what they're saying the saga. took place in this in the box saga and this could be in relation to a lot of these fertility places that are all around the world they could have been uh these temples could have been used for fertility rites which is why you see hathor isis oster all you know worshipped as deities because they were the givers of life and also this is where the idea of uh what's it called the uh what's the what's that god juice called uh are you telling me that all these pyramids are spank banks that's what uh, you're saying not all of them not not all of them just temples Certain temples were spank banks, not necessarily <laughs> yes, for the, pyramids or other built specifically uh, for pyramids. the fertility rituals. Oh, I got it. So ambrosia oh, or the nectar yes, of the yes. gods was actually their genitalia fluid that they would consume. Ambrosia, ambrosia. Uh, so. So to go down the list a little bit more for some more claims that the box saga makes, uh, that the original merit military system was a procreative and not a destructive organization, that the human beings on our planet were one tropical race and spoke one language, the Vaughn language, the one language. Uh, if you say it in Vaughn, it sounds like one, the Vaughn language, and had one global information system before the ice time. That root is the name of the first natural language and what all so-called Germanic languages of today directly come from. That root language is an anatomical language. That the Vaughn language, today's Finnish, was the first language created out of the natural root and is the root of all other languages. That in the alphabet of the root language, there is a meaning and a mark for every sound. That stories relating to the saga were kept secret within the family from 1248 AD until 1984 AD. That the shapes of the root alphabet and astrological symbols are not created by humans, but come from a mathematical system based on one and zero, pole and ring, or stave and circle. That the box saga explains all mythological symbols on the planet. That the original old North Pole was where Helsinki is today with the Earth axis, axis perpendicular to the sun. That around this old North Pole, known as Hell, was the first ringland called Udinma with a diameter of approximately 250,000 kilometers, or wait, sorry, approximately 250 kilometers, that the Bok Saga offers material proof that directly under the North Pole during the Big Bang creation of our planet Earth and due to the centrifugal force, centrifugal force, a huge cone-shaped space formed inside the expanding magma. That over eons, this big hole was transformed into a storehouse and filled with precious artifacts that were offered up in appreciation to hell by the people of Earth and is, 
In fact, a museum of the history of the human being made from gold and precious stones, which have everlasting properties. That inside the cone-shaped space should be a golden spiral road, descending many kilometers to its bottom, which should be bigger than Udenma itself, 250 kilometers wow. diameter. That within the wall of this golden spiral road way should be many rooms, each with three chambers full of precious artifacts that had been offered to hell during a soul Bakken Balder's breeding lifetime, about 50 years. And a full-size golden statue of him should stand in front of its door. Uh, I've heard that the golden statue of Bach also looks like the Oscar Award. Oh, that's cool. Uh, that the entrance to these Bach family treasure chambers is also the Lemminkainen or Sol Bachenbalder's temple, situated about 23 kilometers east of Helsinki at Gumbostrand in Sibo. That the two golden statues of buck goats, three crystal balls, and all the precious interior of Raceboard Castle were buried in Snappertuna, about 70 kilometers west of hell in the year 1050 AD. That a third golden statue of a buck goat, plus the regalia of the king and queen of Finland, were taken north to Kajani and buried in the year 1248 AD in the center courtyard of Kajani Castle. Kajani Castle. That 50 million and 10,000 years before 1984 AD, the axis of the earth and the galaxy shifted and started the ice age that lasted for 50 million years. That this 50 million period was known as all land east, all land ice during which time the people living in Udenma became trapped inside a hole in the ice with walls that were kilometers high and kept ice free because of the Gulf Stream originating in the Gulf of Mexico. This is your Atlantis. That during this Altland, its period came into creation, Arctic plants, animals, and agricultural systems, including domestic animals. That during this 50 million period, those people living in the ice-free tropical parts of our planet divided into 10 races with 10 mythologies and languages. That from the direct descendants of this first family came all the different tropical king houses and procreative systems. That after the 50 million year Altland is period, the inhabitants of Udama emerged from the hole in the ice as a blue-green-eyed pale-skinned Arctic race. That all our Arctic kings descended from this new pale-skinned race emerging from Udama. That the people in Finland lived according to this old pagan system up to the time of the Nordic Catholic Crusades of 1050 AD, after which this old Bach saga was first allowed to be told outside the family by its member, Eeyore Bach. That after ice time, members of the Bach family went out from Udama to create different procreative systems on our planet, including the Zvin and Dan, Pharaoh, Krishna, Moses, Buddha, and the parents of Jesus. 
that Santa comes from Finland and before ice time was the all father to all people on the planet. For further explanation of these claims, please enter the website and read the book. You can also check out some YouTube videos of Box Saga with Jim Chesner. That's C-H-E-S-N-A-R, Chesner. I've, I love watching his videos. He's a very like, humble, uh, yogi-ish type person. And he'll just he just sits there and tells these stories that you're just like, what the hell? Really? He goes into the different languages and everything. It's really amazing. So I would check those out also. And uh, so that's it for that segment. Uh, Do you have any questions, Roman? Well, I love that. that. Yeah, I watched watched (laughs) two of the Jim Chesner Welcome to Hell and the Atlantis one. And uh, rest in peace, uh, Sir Jim, because you... uh, Yes. it did good work. Um, but yeah, it's a super interesting story. And a lot of it, it just kind of like there's something about it that does tie these kind of like, you know, these these kind of questions we have about the the intro like the introduction of of and the respread of population, like after like a flood or you know, like that there was a catastrophic event, you know. I don't know, like it kind of like the box saga is an interesting uh, I, I like it. I, I like it. It's there's something about it energetically that I feel has a lot of answers hidden in it. Yeah. You know, it really, yes, for sure. I think so. Uh, they talk about these different king families, uh, the Sven and Dan, who uh, came went to Sweden and Denmark, Denmark, and then how Dan came in to different other areas uh, through those river systems and into the Black Sea and House Vin is part of the Irish kingdom. Uh, there's some interesting stories in Irish folklore where uh, peoples go to fight each other and they realize they speak the same language, but they're not from the same place. And they're like, how do you know the same language as I do? And uh, so there's some very interesting threads like that, that we find. Uh, also, the Twatha de Danan thread from the tribe of Dan from the Black Sea area when they later came into Ireland later uh, is also very interesting. There's another line besides Sven and Dan named the Rus, which is uh, the family line that took over Russia. And the, uh, they call them the Rus people. And they they have a title name also, but I can't recall off the top of my head. I have a bunch of articles about the Black Sea, some stuff about Box Saga that I want to read, uh, a bunch of other things. Uh, I talked to Alexander Popov, and he told me that I was able to take some clips of audio from his videos on Box Saga. So what I'm going to try to do is clip a couple different parts and then maybe talk about them in episodes and just kind of, uh, you know, talk them out and see what information we can pull out of it and what sense we can I, make. I also like, um, you recommended me the book beyond the North winds. I think it'd be cool oh, to yes, yes. audio clip some of that or bring up, tie that too because that and that box saga i feel like are two important pieces of uh 
literature to have to kind of pull some sort of idea of what the North really looked like back in ancient times and, and what importance it held, you know, and, uh, the Hyperborean, uh, I mean, basically beyond the North winds is about the origins of Hyperborea. I'm pretty sure not like Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. abrasively, but like he taught, he definitely brings it up a few times. Yeah. They talk about the ring lands, you know, uh, also, you know, you get the Lord of the rings type of, idea there too and the different rings were the different caste systems and so it, it wasn't necessarily cast by you know these people weren't good enough to be up here it was it was different abilities and vocational skills that they would separate them out into everybody serves different, a purpose somewhere uh yeah yeah somewhere when they're interviewing us, they ask us a bunch of different questions and we, and we get into some of these things that come from box saga and I bring a little perspective and put it together with some other things. Uh, I, I think it's a pretty good interview and, uh, I hope you guys enjoy it and always feel free to leave your feedback and visit us at rising under slash FT under slash ashes under slash pod on Instagram. Leave some comments. Uh, you can also send us some emails at risingftashes at yahoo.com. And, you know, leave comments and feedback on uh, the source where you are getting your podcast from uh, so other people can listen and enjoy it as well. All right. So here's, uh, here's our swapcast with Down the Rabbit Hole. We are here with Danunaki Dan and the homie Romy from Rising from the Ashes podcast. It's a relatively new podcast. They only have like six or seven episodes out, but it's really good. It's heavy hitting stuff. I've really enjoyed what I listened to so far. You know what my favorite part of the episodes are, guys? The RFTA uh-huh. news. RFTA <laughs> news. <laughs> Can I get one of those? <laughs> There we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's what we I needed. We don't have any cool programs to do audio, so we just fucking voice it out. Hey, yeah, man. Beatbox away. I love it. Well, guys, first up, we always ask our guests what first sent you down the rabbit hole. So, how did you guys come together and start this podcast and get into this type of research? Damn. That's a beautiful question. <laughs> uh, I I will uh, I will I will start. Uh, so life's fucking crazy. That's very true. Uh, I <laughs> reason to believe that uh, we're living in a societal simulation, and there's just so much hidden history and information that it's just inevitable that you know that we need to band together and, and try to reap. Uh, the truth behind the curtains. When I was 13, my biological father got uh, sepsis disease and he passed away due to not having health insurance. So when he went to the hospital, they basically was like, you don't have money. So why would we do anything for you? And that's kind of when I started to be like, wow, the system's fucked up. Yeah. Fucked up, you know? And so, and it happens time and time again. Um, and so, you know, getting older in life and just perusing about 
the different levels of adulthood and such. Just like I just couldn't find myself getting any closer to connecting to a society. I only felt like I was like on the fringe ends of it. And I started listening to different shows, uh, you know, like uh, higher side chats is basically the, the, the main one that really gold standard. Man. Like, What's yeah. a good show, man. It's so good. Greg is like my, my, he's one of my angels, like on, on the, on one of the sides of my, <laughs> yeah. Telling you a little, what would what, Greg what do? To do. <laughs> <laughs> and then from there, uh, on the joint session, I left an email and I was like, someone please, Let's do something together, mm-hmm. something fun. And then Dan hit me up, and it was the best day. Uh, and then we had a baby. Awesome. <laughs> I love child. Found each baby. other on the higher side chats joint session boards. That's great. That's interesting. I've yeah. never heard I've never heard anything Yeah, like that's that. the first time we've heard that. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah, nice. Uh, it wasn't on the boards. It was on yeah. uh, joint session audio uh, on his uh, plus. Yeah. And... Uh, he just left a message on his answering machine thing that he has. And then, uh, he left his info. So I hit him up. So, uh, for me, I was, uh, 12 years old when my dad passed away. Hmm. So pretty close to Roman and my mom forced me to go to church and, uh, I hated fucking going to church. And anytime I asked the nuns questions about the Bible, they would usually get mad at me. And I was just like, fuck this shit. <laughs> And because uh, I went to like catechism class or whatever. Yeah, it's called. So, so did I. And uh, and so then after that, I, I started getting into because that was about seventh grade that happened. And then at the, about that same time, I started learning about Egyptian mythology. And I got super into Egyptian mythology. And then I got into like, you know, all the other stuff, Roman mythology and whatnot. And then mm-hmm. then from then on, I was just like trying to figure out religion forever I was just always reading different religious texts and everything like that and trying to figure out like what it is I do believe in. And so I'm still trying to figure out what I believe in. (laughs) Yeah, uh, we all are. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, and then I got into podcasts like three or four years ago, I found out what they were (laughs) Mm -hmm. and got some headphones and figured it out. Spend the next thousand hours. The more I listen to the podcast, the more I was like, man, I, I know more than these guys do. I should start my <laughs> own podcast. And uh, so here we are. So I did. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And then. Uh, so, yeah, the, I guess the rest is history. And then I, I told you guys earlier about a little bit about the pre, you know, I was, so basically my other guy quit and uh, I was looking for somebody else uh, to kind of fulfill the role because I tried to do it by myself. It was hard as fuck to talk to yourself, man. I, oh, I, I know. This guy gyps out on me every once in a while, and I have to solo it. And it, it is much harder to do it alone. It, yeah, it life is. gets yeah, you, man. So hard work, <laughs> you know. So uh, I'm not so lucky to be retired at 25 like my man Mitch. Yet, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I was very fortunate to find uh, Roman miraculously through the higher side chats, and uh, and it turns out that we have a lot in common and. Uh, you know, so it it just clicked pretty much right away, and we got to we probably talked for about three or four months before we, you know, got the show started. Just kind of you know getting to know each other, and then sending each other different information, and kind of talking about what we wanted to do with the podcast. Mm-hmm. 
that's pretty much how it got started. Seems like a match made in heaven, man. So <laughs> <laughs> stoked, man. <laughs> well, as God. With a name Asgard, like yes. uh, <laughs> with a name like Danunaki Dan, you must be into the Anunnaki. So, th- right. for any of our listeners that aren't down that rabbit hole yet, haven't looked into the Anunnaki and what they are, could you give us like a brief overlay on what cultures that they are found in and what evidence that there is for the Anunnaki? Yeah. So. Uh... When I was about 24 years old or so, I started reading Zachariah Sitchin books. Yeah, the 12th planet. I've Yeah, yeah. the 12th planet. Uh, he has like a series of like six or seven or fucking, I don't know. They keep adding to him. There's like, I think there's six books in the actual series. Yeah. And I read all of them. I got fucking addicted after I read my first one. And then I just, I, I tore through them. And then at that about that same time, Ancient Aliens was on TV, so I was getting super into the Ancient Alien thing, and the mm-hmm. Anunnaki thing connects kind of right into the Ancient Alien thing. Uh, that's why they have Eric Von Daniken on Ancient Aliens all the time. Mm-hmm. He's amazing. So, he wrote Chariots of the Gods. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. So the Anunnaki are these Sumerian gods that ruled over the people of Sumeria, and the... Akkadian text that they found that Zechariah Sitchin deciphered is what he put into all the books. And in those texts, they describe these gods named the Anunnaki, one which was Ie or Enki, who was the first one that came to this planet from the heavens ab- above or from the planet a different planet. Yeah, Nibiru or they, Nibiru. Yeah, yeah they, they referenced Nibiru in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he came down and he kind of terraformed this planet. And then, but the thing was, is he was only the son of Anu by some other woman, not by a half sister. And you had to have half sister blood to be uh, part of the bloodline to inherit. And then, so his other, Anu had another son named Enlil. Right. And then Enlil became the heir, and then he decided he wanted to come down here and take this shit over. So then that's where you get the feud between Enki and Enlil, and that's kind of goes into even the whole Satan versus God kind of uh, paradigm also. Yeah, it's it's uh, like the allegory of all modern religion. Yeah, it was all much. built off of, like, if I'm not mistaken, Egyptian religion. Or Sumerian. Sumerian Sumeri- before that. Actually, then, Sumeria, yeah. supposedly, uh, according to, you know, the people. Modern uh, day geologists. Yeah, or modern day beliefs. <laughs> archaeologists. Sumerian goes back to around three to 4,000 BC, these tablets do. So and, is that? Uh, so from from all that, you know, where you're, you're talking about my name, Danunaki Dan. <laughs> and so... Danunaki refers to Dan and the Anunnaki. And when I was kind of kind of trying to come up with an idea for the podcast, I was starting to do some research and I, I watched Billy Carson on a show and he said that he wanted to f- find out who these serpent people were. And uh, just knowing a lot about ancient history and everything, you know, there's a serpent motif everywhere. Right. And so what I did is I tried to find out who the serpent people were. So 
I started with the tribe. Well, let me go back a little bit. I wanted to try to describe it without religious connotations or without supernatural entities or without aliens. That would be hard to do without all those three. (laughs) Right. So I wanted to see if it was even possible, you know? So I did that and I started it at the tribe of Dan, one of the Israelite tribes who got kicked out because they were pagan worshipers and they got kicked out and hung out with the Canaanites basically. And their flag, their emblem was a serpent. Hmm. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. And even in the Bible, it says, I can't remember the exact verse, but it says, Dan shall be like a horned serpent through the grass, nipping at the heels of the horse. Are you a snake uh, in the grass, Dan? Are you plotting so, on me? Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm plotting and stealing. <laughs> he's, not, he's not an eagle guy. <laughs> serpent no, and eagle. eagle right. Does that but go he, into this whole serpent versus eagle? Like, is that what that yeah, comes from? Yeah, it really does. Because hmm. the eagle is supposedly Enlil. And then the serpent is Enki. And so what you start to see from like the Bible tells is like these two divisions. And when I was doing research on all this stuff, I came across a text from ancient origins that talked about them finding a civilization that existed in like 6,000 BC in the Danube river Valley that Mm. they called the Danube river Valley civilization and they had a whole set of writing, but what they were saying in the article is that it's not for trade and for bargain. It was magical symbols. And I was like, boom. Yeah. The whole, the whole world <laughs> opened up, you know, when I heard that shit. And I was like, I, I got it. And then so that was the basis for the Danunaki theory was that this predated the Anunnaki civilization. And they were said to be in the Black Sea area of the Danube River Valley. And then so I started getting into the Black Sea and looking into all that. And there's so many connections to the tribe of Dan, the Danube River, the Denister River, the Don. And then in Hebrew, they say, if you if you take out the vowels, uh, you're right. just left with D-N. And then even you can see Anu in the Danube. Uh, so... I started putting all this together, and then I heard Jim Chesner from Box Saga on a few different yeah. podcasts. I've heard his Higher Side Chats interview. Yeah, yeah, and I started, and I always liked it because I'm Viking, you know, <laughs> and uh, and so I always just liked it and liked the the tales and the folklore of it. And then, but then when I started putting all this stuff together, I started realizing like, oh shit, like this connects to that too. And then I started digging more and more and looking into all kinds of other stuff. The rabbit hole never ends, bro. It just started, yeah, it just opened up. And they all intertwine. Yeah. Our last guest uh, thought that the Anunnaki came down here and interfered with the human's DNA. And Mm -hmm. it might have been like the missing link in our evolution that everyone's looking for or whatever. It's like a a jump in evolution. Do you think that's a plausible scenario that they... I know you said they terraformed Earth, but do you think they came down and put some of their genes into the native population? So, so from the, that's part Dan, of the story. From from the Danunaki theory, though, I, I try to take out some of that stuff, you know, mm-hmm. that that mythical stuff, and and try to explain it more simply. And what I think happened is that the Acer people, the North Pole people, 
the Asgardians. Oh, they were the original, not the original, but they were part of the first peoples. There was a, a according to the box saga, there was people spread out all over the world, but the main people were in Udinma, and they were the Acer people where Odin lived. And during the time of the beginning, the pole was straight up and down, so the world was in balance. Ball, lance, they say. Ah, okay. Well, and at that time, that's where you get Eden and Sweden and the rivers. And so when you take out, it's not necessarily DNA editing or manipulating. It's more of the fact that they came down and interbred north from the north and hybridized yeah Mm. interbred with other species of humans that were already around the planet so is this an example of how our history is wrong how uh, you know they said that modern humans came from africa and that the cradle of civilization are places like babylon samaria etc is this like is this a a, yeah that is wrong yeah they've actually proved it through dna that all populations couldn't have came out of Africa through DNA evidence. Mm-hmm. So that means where did they come from? We have to start looking at these other stories of what they say then. So I don't, I don't say box saga is the word of God or anything like that, or the Bible is, or, right. you know, the, uh, the Bhagavad Gita is yeah. or any of that. They're all tools, and you have to put them all together. And when you put them all together, you can see a bigger picture and a bigger story coming forward. And, and when you read between the lines and you take out all the details, the devil's in the details, right? Right. right. So you find the you find the similarities between these different belief systems, and then you can start really putting things together. And Box Saga adds like a whole new piece of the puzzle that you're able to figure out so much more with. Um, you said that these people from Eden came down and hybridized other civilizations. Is this where in Genesis they say they went out and bred with the Nephilim, the daughters of man or whatever the giants are the Nephilim uh, in relation to the Anunnaki at all? Or are they the same or that? What, what are those? Yeah. So the Titans would be the gods of the Acer. Their children came down to the Middle East area, mm-hmm. per se, the Black Sea area. And when they mated with human women, native women, they created Nephilim, men of renown, giants. Uh, so the Nephilim are the children of the gods and human women. Correct, yes. Uh, so, interesting. So like... With the the children of the gods being giants, would that make the Anunnaki, the the quote Anunnaki or Odin and his his race of people, are they like bigger in stature than modern humans? Uh, yeah, you can find evidence of this all over the place. If you if you believe the stories of them finding giants, they they sometimes find them about I, 10 I feet do, tall. Fourteen feet tall, which I in Ohio and Wisconsin, man, that's right by us. I've been to the Snake Mountains in Ohio. It's it's kind of crazy. Yeah, and they buried people underneath the Snake Mounds, and they 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 found bodies underneath these mounds that were giant in stature. So, 
Well, yeah, the Smithsonian giant, came in and wiped thing, that man. shit away, man. The I Smithsonian mean, even came in today's in. world, we can see people that are eight or nine feet tall. I mm. mean, look at the NBA. All the people are three, like seven and a half feet tall. Yeah. And, and seven, as seven foot three and stuff. Mm-hmm. And as athletic just, as a seven, there was like a six foot guy. Caucasoid or Caucasian giants. There were other giants, also uh, different peoples, different native races of the lands. So not to be, you know, it's not a one-sided type of thing that, right, you know, right. white people are great or whatever. It's, it's all equality. It's one world. It's one love. Amen. No I, doubt. We I, try I, to I believe that. Good. Oh, I believe that the South America was loaded with mm-hmm. Nephilim. You find a lot in and Peru. The Amer- yeah. Like the Americas in general, North and South was like all of the mounds throughout North and South America. Like the mounds you guys are talking about the at the snake and uh, all the giants are buried at the bottom of the mounds. And then they find like, re- you know, regular sized human right. people on top of that, which I think why, you know, why are to build a mound and have it be a graveyard would maybe mean that there was a large death at one time and they were stacking bodies yeah. or why are they stacking the giant skeletons on the bottom of the mounds and then everything else is, you know, as if the giants died first and they're stacking on top yeah. of that, or it's just placed in such a fashion that, that I always thought that was kind of interesting. Do you think that these giants, this other race were like systematically wiped out throughout the world and that's where Tataria comes into play and with the mud floods, or do you think they just died out naturally or what? <laughs> Definitely. Uh, I, I, I mean, the mu- mu- I, I think I think so. I I hundred percent think that there's been a long time wipeout of yeah. of people of the you know different genetic modification or whatever the fuck you want to call it. That's personally, I'm I'm totally down the Tartarian rabbit hole of just erasing <laughs> all of the uh, so enlightened I, people. I would say it's probably more because of hybridization, just kind of wipe that out. Yeah, the uh, that's why you still see occurrences of it in even society now uh but you don't see large occurrences of it most of the time they would separate different people into different caste systems so if you had little people you would send the smaller people into a different area to live together to be with each other be uh have you know like-minded people like their sizes you know yeah would be uh constitutional uh so they they did this, you know, the island of Lesbos. That's where the idea of lesbians came from, the, the, hmm. the Amazon women and everything like that. The, the hunchbacks, they would send the hunchbacks out to – they'd cast them out of their society because they didn't fit in. And okay. all, all these different things. So even when it talks about Lucifer being cast out, he was just sent out from – For being north, a weirdo. From, yeah. from Udenma. From the North Pole, he was cast out into a different caste system. So I have kind of a wild card question here. Now, a lot of what you're talking about is is how history is wrong and that the actual cradle of civilization very well could be like the Nordic parts of Europe. Uh, am I right? Or the North Pole. Well, that makes yeah, me think at, of – At the time when the world was in balance, everything was a paradise and people exi- people fucking – existed all over the planet at that time but what happened later was the ice age happened and part of the people got trapped in the north and they couldn't get out because of the ice age so we developed light skin and blue eyes 
from being trapped in hmm. the northern regions right and then after that after the ice started to melt away they were able to come out and they came down from the north and okay. then they started intermingling with the other people that were already alive on the planet well that clears up what i was going to ask a little bit i was going to say um so uh, i'm by no means a hitler apologist <laughs> or anything like that I, I don't agree with anything he did but i was yeah, wondering I, I like i was curious about is his goal to you know wipe out some of the genetics on this planet and and have the Aryan race reign supreme was that part of is this part of this missing link in history and is uh, it a big conspiracy? It's super super confusing because to me the Jewish people are Caucasian in many senses. The tribe of Dan you can follow them up through all of. Western Europe into Denmark and even into Ireland, the Twatha de Danan, the tribe mm -hmm. of Dan. So how could they be non-white and then produce white people in the north? It does, it, it's very confusing. Uh, from Boxhogger perspective is when the ice started to melt, they came down from the north, went into the Black Sea and kind of settled there. Or you could go with the whole Atlantis theory which is, you know, when the cataclysm happened, they escaped from Atlantis, which was a big old chain of islands in the Atlantic up into the north, into the Netherlands and down, kind of snake looking. Mm -hmm. And they left and they went through the Mediterranean and into the Black Sea and into uh, Turkey, which is where Gobleki Tepe is. Mount right. Ararat is also in the Caucasus Mountains, which is where the term Caucasian comes from. So to say that there was no Caucasian people in in that part of the world is is kind of ridiculous because there obviously was because Caucasians had to come from fucking somewhere. Right. <laughs> so do you think that like science had a mishap in, in, in understanding the way that this all works? Or do you think that there is something that's being hidden? A concerted cover up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's kind of where we get into. That's, that's <laughs> kind of like our fortune. Uh, we specialize in psyops. Let, let me get back to that. Uh, yeah, the Hitler part though real quick because so what it seems like is that these Israelite tribes were some of them might have been Caucasian and other ones weren't and then so the north of the Black Sea was actually where the Ashkenazi are which is what most modern day Jews are today is Ashkenazi mm -hmm. so if Hitler was trying to exterminate the Jews, it doesn't make sense because technically the Jews are Aryans also. And Aryan is just another name for Aries in the age of Aries. So it's the Aryan people doesn't even signify white. It I think the word means noble and it and it meant also the Aries time period. So, yeah. Huh? Oh <laughs> shit. No, I didn't mean to cut you off, bro. Poor <laughs> brother. It's all good. Okay. Uh, uh, all right. Just really quick, wanted to say something. This is also kind of wild card off key, but uh, <clears throat> on a conspiratorial level, mm -hmm. right? Thinking about how uh, if nine eleven was planned out, right, uh, and which it we was created terrorist, <laughs> uh, we created terrorists over in the Middle East that were potentially hired out from America or the you know the world leaders, right, that be to create the scenario of terror. Mm. and create create an enemy so we had to go over and we had to fucking be over there for a certain reason what if hitler was 
a creation of, you know, a world leader plan to create terror and fear while a, another pot was being stirred, a plan or an agenda to be. That's, um, so yeah. that I, makes a lot of basically sense. Basically, it. That's like basically it. Especially or to wipe out knowledge. Right, right. Mud flood is a is a wipeout and an erase of of history and and knowledge and information to seclude us. Well, there's a lot of editing of history around World War II, and especially with who Hitler was. Um, Not many know he he was actually a Rothschild, and a a lot of what he was doing, a lot of what he was doing, was being funded by uh, U.S. bankers, and not not the Vatican. Not that not that these people respect boundaries of nations or anything like that. But that kind of goes into the whole nature of the PSYOP. And that's yeah, he, kind of what he wasn't mean. a German either. He was an Austrian. Right. right. <laughs> so the whole Germans are the superior, like it just makes no he, sense. He didn't have blue eyes either. Well, I was kind of hopeful, man. I'm a tall, blonde haired, blue eyed guy, man. I was thinking like, man, maybe I'm, maybe I'm part of the seeds of like one of the seeds of the God, but you're kind of crushing me right now, man. No, nah, you, you're just some bum. I'm just some bum. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, well, there's a reason to it all, man. Yeah. There's yeah. a, uh, debate in the truther groups right now that, you know, I'm, more in the camp that the advanced civilization on this planet was more 12,000 years ago and then their cataclysm or something happened and we've been rebuilding from there. Not saying that there isn't history that is being hidden and covered up and changed all the time because the winners create history, you know, that's just known. But this Tartaria thing, people say that civilization got basically wiped out or at least a large portion of it in the 1700s 1800s depending on who you ask and i gave my dna to ancestry they sent it away and i got my report or whatever (laughs) and i can trace it back to like 1400 something like the on gravestones so i'm like i can believe the last 500 years or so are pretty legit but before then i don't know and Dan Unaki, I've heard you say that your your mom did it and you're related to Charlemagne or something. Yeah. Like, how, how'd she trace it back that far? And uh, Rollo the Viking and William the Conqueror. And I got some Plantagenet in there, too. And uh, You got some strong uh, blood, brother. Yeah, this who the uh, fuck what is Plantagenet? <laughs> Good question. <laughs> who, who is that guy? Who the fuck and, is uh, that guy? I got... This, this one guy named Kenneth McAlpin who laid the Stone of Destiny at Tara Mount in Ireland, hmm. which is also Jacob's Pillow. So he's in my family line, too. So, yeah, I got quite quite Jeez. a nep- nep- Stone of Destiny? Nep- that sounds like some Lord of the Rings shit. Yeah. I've never heard of that <laughs> either. Spit, spitting out babies, bro. <laughs> yeah. Add to the gene pool. But- yeah, so I, I am I am one of the serpent people. Well, I just so, wanted to... Don't believe anything I say. I wanted to get your guys' opinions on, do you think that there was an advanced civilization, possibly more advanced than we are right now, in kind of recent history? Not thousands of years ago, maybe just hundreds of years ago. Roman? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, he looked, I he looked like the Anunnaki story, right? And mm-hmm. I like the Anunnaki story the way it is. Um, before Dan had to go and ruin it with all his his freaking sweet finds and threads and pulls, I like I like to always have like the one ear one you know 
one ball in the clouds. Um, and and I, I do like to imagine that maybe dimensionally or, or you know, northernly, like hollow earthly, somewhere, some some sort of frequency beings, beings of understanding of electromagnetism and ether energy and fluctuation of energy and, med- you know, meditation and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff that those types of ancient beings were around and those are the types of things that are being trying to take away from the human magic potential. And so I'm not sure the timeline of that. I just know that I resonate with that humans are way more than we are led to believe that we are, Amen. you know? And so I've, I, I, the, the thing about the Anunnaki story to me, that is just so it's, it's, it's like, this, uh, you know, the, the Anki energy and the Enlil energy or, or you know, the yin and yang the creator. The other one is the jealous type. Yeah. And just I, fuck, man. I, I really like my cohesion on tying together things as a uh, as a, you know, someone in the, the podcast and truth community is not as tight. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of resonate with that a little guy, bit. You know, yeah. <laughs> so I think you're a feeler, but I feel it. But get on it. Let- let me pop your hollow earth bubble. Oh, no. <laughs> I know a lot of us are hollow earthers. Uh, the, the name Agartha, mm-hmm. which is where the theory about hollow earth comes from, is actually a derivative of the word Asgard. Mm. So, I was going to ask you about that. This North Pole uh, civilization, is that like Hyperborea? Like there's yes, that's yes. what you're oh, talking about. Borea. Yeah, yeah. Look, just in the name Borea or, or Aura Borealis, right? Uh, the Aura Bora, which uh, is the snake, the snake eating, eating itself. You get yeah. all these uh, Borea or Borealis type motifs <laughs> with uh, I think Borea in uh, whatever is either Roman or Greek. He had purple wings and he flew over to hyperborea at certain times of the year so yeah it there's so much north relation and and everything facing due north and the north star and all these other things they all have connotations to the north pole and um do you think there's still something up there that we could find or did they wipe it all out yeah Yeah, i'm not sure how the uh, how asgard couldn't i mean like I don't necessarily think you popped my hollow earth bubble, bro. <laughs> but what if As- Asgard itself, you know, located at a, uh, you know, it like, what? Okay, never mind. Never mind. Please continue. Okay, I, well, I, I have a couple well, questions for you guys, a, man. There's, because of the poles, right? There's a pole at the top and there's a pole at the bottom. And they're, they're holes that go into the the center, just like a geode. Mm-hmm. looks solid but you crack it open it's hollow inside okay and there's these torito fields that come out from right. the north and come back into the bottom i actually think that if we ever this antarctica ever fucking melts or anything that we might be able to find it well knowledge of a civilization that existed down there also they're, uh, they're, they're definitely hiding, hiding they're definitely hiding yeah. that could have been at the same time as this northern civilization so in no means do I think, you know, the, the North people are better than anybody else? Or I want to make that clear just because I'm yeah. Caucasian and I'm not trying to. We're not being supremacists <laughs> of any sort here. Yeah, I'm not trying to be a supremacist. Yeah. So, so uh, the homie Romy mentioned something that I really resonate with. He was talking about ether energy. And then earlier, Dan 
you mentioned uh, like ancient air alien theories and how they tie in with multiple other theories. We got into a long time ago about like pyramids placed on grid lines. Do you think that yeah. that has to do with like advanced technology that was maybe lost at one point in time? Like I think like they're Lithuania, like the Lithuanian pyramids. They're very Bosnian. Under, Bosnian. I'm Bosnian. sorry. They're very under talked about. Yeah, I think they're pulling uh, atmospheric energy using. I, this gets into Tesla. If we wouldn't have kneecapped Tesla, fucking Edison, the world would be, the world would be living in a utopia right now. But or it would be probably just zip himself back. That in time. that too, <laughs> or we would blow ourselves up, and time uh, travel would have fucked us all. But I don't know. <laughs> so what you have to realize is everybody in like the Old Testament Bible and everything, they were all pagans. Yeah, it, nobody was Christian yet. And in the pagan times, people worshipped worshipped the earth and fertility and uh, rejuvenation and things like that, and they used nature to their advantage, and they they took nature seriously, and that's why they associated gods with these natural events or occurrences in life that we could not explain. So they would worship nature, and they would build these things in accordance with nature, not against nature. So they would build, uh, I think, I well, I kind of think that most of these temples were actually places for procreation, for yeah, fertility. Like people were just That's banging in the baby pyramids. making, baby. <laughs> yeah, there, there's like a whole story in the box saga about how, how they would do the fertility rituals and the offering and everything like that. And it seemed like they built these temples to ha- uh, be able to hold a lot of people, so everybody could come and uh, together and basically. That's called an orgy. Procreate. <laughs> yeah, yes. orgy. yeah. They so, did, they did that in Egypt too because they would have separate schools for the the women and separate schools for the boys for the men, and then they would have them come together at a, a pretty sure pyramid meeting spot in Egypt. You know, they and they would do fertility stuff as well. Sex ed, just start banging it out when you're young and it'll be all right. (laughs) So do you think that like, okay, you you think that the, like from your research, you found that these places are a place of ritual for fertility, but do you think that any of these ancient civilizations uh, had a better understanding of, of how to harvest energy from the realm that we live in? Have you found any evidence of that? Because that was always my belief going into it. I was going to say the the red brick thing that we brought up with the lunatic mm-hmm. dolphin. Yeah, red brick too. Uh, so, I like red brick. <laughs> there was a study done in 2019 where they found that red bricks were able to hold and harness electricity and mm-hmm. energy. So they a certain you know Tartarians have been called the red brick builders, right? right. They built specifically with red bricks and their style and their structure, but. Um, they probably learned it from somewhere. It was passed down from another ancient civilization or something. I have reason to believe that that stone and rock holds and is conductive and it can hold energy. And there's well, no doubt. Without a doubt. No yeah. Doubt. We use like quartz crystals in computers and shit. And people say that mm-hmm. these crystal skulls and other relics from right. old might actually be like computer chips and have a lot of information on them. We just don't know how to access it. It's entirely possible. The, the question is, is just how do control how they controlled it, right? And right. How right. so? If it harnesses energy, if it is a sound barrier, if it's a heater, if it's a cooling mechanism, 
if it's whatever its function is, how was it being controlled and how was that function? Because, you know, we're around, we're, we're in a, an electromagnetic field constantly, depending yeah. on where you live, it's either Big higher or lower, it. right? And then everything works. So you guys want to ever go into electric universe? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love it. Nassim Harriman. Kind of, I love his stuff. So sick, yeah. dude. Um, <laughs> no, no. But like, exactly. It's like we're living within that electricity. It's obviously there and being harnessed by everything, including our own bodies. Yeah. But the information of being able, like, um, there's a really sweet documentary that I can't remember the name of it, but um, it's these two, uh, this couple that goes around and they go around the world and talk to people who create, uh, have like different generators that they've made that create ether energy basically mm -hmm. like one guy in africa who's in who's an african guy got him and his partner got poisoned and killed because i was gonna say i'm surprised he there. hasn't been epstein yet or like clinton yet right? you know like the, like they'll they, kneecap the fuck out of you if you know how energy like functions at all or electricity functions because then you're i yeah i i think humans can control electricity there's so. this car that runs on water man <laughs> let me get that. Let me get that going. Weed, weed. Uh, but uh, so let me add a little bit of something to that. The ether energy is also connected to the acer energy. Mm -hmm. uh, very same sounds. So when I got the bells, I had to go. I went to a acupuncturist. <laughs> the bells. And, uh, I was, like I was it's reading, a thing. Books. The bells. <laughs> I was reading books in his office, and it, it said the dragon lines. And uh, I was like, what? And then so I started talking to him about like the dragon lines of the body, because what we call these uh, energy lines on the globe, we also call those dragon lines. Are you talking like ley lines? Yeah, the ley yeah. lines yeah. are called dragon lines. Huh. And where they intersect is where these powerful energy sources are. And that's where they put these temples. But, yeah. So it is almost like yes. poking yes. an acupuncture needle into, into the earth these areas to harness that energy building a temple so that they could control that energy Build. into that area and for what purposes uh you know that's debatable some say mm -hmm. uh health you know the tartarians get into uh the pipe organs and sound technology yeah those were like yeah, hospitals and, yeah yeah and hospitals and all that stuff it's electromagnetic healing, man. Most Tartarians are because I came at this from an ancient viewpoint and came and fucking went headfirst into Tartaria. Mm -hmm. It just happened to pop up on me, and I didn't really know about the mud flood and all yeah, that. Other it came stuff. up onto the scene about a year or two ago yeah. out of nowhere. I don't know. It's crazy how all the rabbit holes seem to intersect. I, it's yeah. some well, there's point all these cathedrals and all these, uh, you know, there's a pyramid in Georgia. Mm hmm. And so, I mean, there's stuff in America that, you know, they kind of try to hide from us in a way. So there there had to have been people over here before Columbus was ever here. And do you think that Georgia Guidestones were built in Georgia because there's other monoliths in Georgia? I think Ted I Turner's think. a piece of shit and he just decided to build them in some land that he could buy. Because oh, he's a motherfucker. Man. Is it confirmed <laughs> that it's Ted Turner? Our clouds, That's what I think, Turner, man. man. Wasn't Ted Turner? Yeah, I don't think it was. That's just well. What's your what's your take on it? I'm I'm actually really interested because he took uh, credit for it. This, uh... I mean, he publicly took credit for it. So 
So when you guys talked to Richard Willett, mm -hmm. I was like yeah. drooling at the fucking mouth because I was like, oh my god, I, yeah. I fucking love that interview so much because thank it, you it totally speaks on so many different levels. And uh, I had just watched a documentary called Dark Clouds Over Elberton, mm -hmm. which is a documentary about the Georgia Guidestones. Right? Is that end, I still haven't got to it. I'm sorry. At the end, they tell you who the person was that put up the Georgia Guidestones. Really. And you find out that he was like friends with David Duke and uh, friends oh. with a scientist guy who was super racist. And they were basically fucking eugenicists. Uh, David Duke, eugenicist, KKK yeah. guy? Yeah, he's and, a KKK yeah, they guy. Were eugenicists yeah. and Joe Biden's buddy buddy with him. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, was. so it makes, it makes a lot of sense even when we're dealing with this COVID pandemic. You know, this white nationalism thing came up during the Trump era. Mm -hmm. Well, that's going to be a big all thing this, this summer, KKK I think. KKK stuff started coming out again, and all these, you know, white power people started hitting the streets. And then, so, I mean, it, it's it's relative, man. So, there relative. was an interesting quote from that documentary that I wrote down. And this is something that R.C. Christian said in one of his books. Uh, but it was, we have controlled disease but not yet population. And that will be the only way in which we can maintain. Spoken like, like a true so, eugenicist, for sure. Like, we have controlled disease. He's, like, you know, speaking on that. But we have not yet controlled population. Like, what the... And that's the guy... Like, tear that shit down, bro. Tear the, tear the and guys if you look at all these Bill Gates motherfuckers and everything, what are they doing? They're, like, curbing the population in Africa and India. Oh, dude. Everything from agriculture to vaccines. To, uh, like, dude, they have their fingers in every industry in third and world countries. Always, and they're always fucking white devils. Yep. It is. I, I don't think there's anything inherently Aspects. bad about being white. I just think it's these fucking bureaucrat billionaires, no, man. Yeah, I just it think is, the, exactly. the rich people are it's mostly white. It's just the rich white. people. Yeah, yeah. And, and it just so happens, you know? Right. But and another, another bomb to drop, too, is the uh, country right north of the uh, Caucasus Mountains and Mount Ararat is Georgia. Uh-oh. Oh. Yeah, there's some esoteric <laughs> shit behind it. That's what I'm oh, saying. Just there's like another, everything, man. There's another connection. And then there's a Georgia pyramid we just talked about, too. So, mm -hmm. yeah, there's connections there also. Do you guys think the uh, war in Iraq were to destroy Sumerian artifacts and maybe maybe even Tartarian artifacts? Yeah, I remember uh, hearing that they said Saddam Hussein wanted to rebuild Babylon. Mm -hmm. So they were going to go after him to try to stop Babylon from being rebuilt. Interesting. There's a lot of mythology about dark shit going on in Babylon, like child sacrifice, the ball, a lot of things like that. Yeah. Do you do you have any insight through your research on things like that? Like, what was the mechanism behind that? So, uh, think... this dude, <laughs> I have told him like 15 times not to ask what is the mechanism behind this, and he sneaks it in every episode. <laughs> It's just like our, our fucking thing. It makes him so mad. There's, there's a couple ways you can go with that. If you want to think that the, all the elites do this horrible shit, you can go that way too. Or uh, I, I was uh, reading Andrew Collins' book called The Cygnus Key. And he kind of relates in that book that these depictions weren't really depicting uh, savagery or, or cannibalism, what it was actually depicting with these severed heads and everything was actually kind of like astral travel or your soul because they thought the soul was contained in the 
brain, the pineal, the cranium, Mm -hmm. and that the stork or the bird or the Bennu bird or the eagle or the vulture, where you see this, these bird motifs, they were taking your soul back to the North Pole. And so they were carrying it in the head and, and maybe the destruction of, uh, you know, of a person or, or whatever wasn't necessarily barbaric in fashion, but ritual ritualistic to wait, wait, wait. another. Are super- you, are you saying these people would just go do a bunch of drugs and astral travel and we think they're human sacrificing and we just got it mixed up or well, well if that's <laughs> the case, it's, it's a deliberate, it's like a purposeful, it's like deception. You know what I mean? To like uh, demonize something that's, that's People good. wanting to attribute something that they recognize to something instead of actually. That's very well possible. Because I do think it. everything's a psyops. So. And, and because of a lot of science, people are into Christianity because that's how they get funded. And so they keep a lot of anything out that doesn't back up Christianity uh, because then they won't get funding anymore. So they push all that and reject all that other stuff away to keep this, you know, 5,000, 6,000 year narrative. Right. If it doesn't fit the uh, modern picture, they say, ah, no, you must've mixed something up that that's I mean, even look what the Spanish did when they came to America, they called all these Indian savages. Right. just so it was an excuse to kill them and everything like mm-hmm. that. I'm sure Hitler did the same thing with the Jews and everything like that. You know, it's a horrible thing to just say people are savages so you can try right. to eradicate you, you them. You dehumanize so, a group before yeah, you it's, punish it's, them. So yeah. I think it's a lot of this dehumanization factor more so than it is ritual sacrifice. But mm. this ritual sacrifice thing pops up in this new age shit because maybe – they thought that's what they were doing, right. and so they're they're trying to replicate it by doing sacrifices or some shit. Do you I think the Do you think really that know. the power structure well, when you join the cult, bro? That when you join a cult, everybody's an enemy. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Everybody outside of that cult. But, but what I was going to ask: Do you think that the power structure knows the difference? Do you think that they that they're just trying to replicate what they might have saw in in like old texts and in old historical documents, or do you think that there's like a purposeful? Um, misinformation yeah, campaign. yeah like a- i mean the rockefeller foundation created their the public schooling system absolutely right? at least here in america there is yeah i feel like you know i i can't we, I, it's hard to speak for other countries because that's just so much shit to read but i mean absolutely absolutely dude i mean like the, everything we know about that family when they've created their own type of simulated contorted fucking country basically like yeah. we're a test tube country right the laws don't apply to them rules for thee and not for me mm-hmm. if you're connected to a royal bloodline it, it seems like you're immune to all um right you're not going to see those jurors- people get arrested yeah well, when you also Dan look at the, the royal bloodlines you have you you come right into contact with england right yeah, the absolutely. Kings and queens of England and they're Caucasian, so well, you're uh, they're Windsor. King right? Charlemagne Jr. 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 So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep that keep that card in your wallet, bro. Yeah, be like, no, I swear I have things. royal blood. Uh, so so in one of the episodes I broke down the word angel. An angel is a form of the word agile, or which meant a bull running in circles. And it also meant circle. So an angel the word angel means circle. So they built stone circles. They built mounds. They built circle type 
you know, structures. Is that where so we get the probably, halo? That's where they get the name Anglo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Archangel could mean Arc Circle or Arctic Circle. Mm. That's a connection I never heard before. You're and on some Santo Bonacci shit, man. <laughs> England, like England is named after the Anglos. It's Angloland, mm-hmm. England. Right. And then Ireland is named after the fairies or the fae, fae land, right. Irie land, Ari, or Ari, Arian, Arians. Even the oh, Iraqis shit. and Iranians are, are Arians. Do so. you think the uh, fairies of old are like aliens or ghosts or interdimensional spirits or what? Or were they just fabrications uh, in, the, in their me minds? And, me and Roman <laughs> talk about this, that, you know, energy can not be created or destroyed right mm-hmm. so allegedly uh, we, yeah we <laughs> talked about this in one of the thing uh about ghosts and i believe that energy uh when you die your your energy goes back to the pole and gets recycled but when you die unexpectedly or you get trapped and your soul is unable to escape usually these ghosts or poltergeists come about from fires and getting shot or killed yeah very traumatic events mass mass killings or something traumatic happens where their souls not able to escape their body and it gets stuck in that area or into some object Hmm. right because there's cursed things too so maybe souls can inherit these inanimate objects also so when you start to think of uh energy like that and and souls and everything it kind of makes a little more sense Absolutely, I completely agree, man. The, yeah, the the history of of the the fairies is like, I mean, it's so cool. You know, I mean, if we think about that region that it comes from, it comes from that more northern region over there, in uh, over there, over right, there, right yeah, over there. Wait, somewhere it's right, over there. right over there. <laughs> um, okay, so I wrote, wrote down a question I wanted to ask specifically, and I feel like this uh, kind of segue might lead into it. Um, uh, talking about um, spirits and such. So the Akashic record, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Something I, I believe in is is uh, outside the atmosphere, the, the plasma ball or whatever that we are contained in, mm-hmm. right? That mm-hmm. um, on the other side of that is what I to believe is the Akashic record or where all of the human soul spirit energy exists. Right. The Not universal human, knowledge thing. all of so if by chance, you know, uh, homo sapiens were genetically modified, right. Um, through if the, if, you know, uh, the homo sapiens were here and we were genetically modified with the blood or uh, the Anunnaki with the spirit of all of the animals on the earthly plane, to me, it's like, why I, I, do you ever see animals in people's faces? Like, yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes some people resemble animals. Right? Yeah, that it's person like, wow, looks like look a bird, so or, like a, right? Or yeah, a possum and shit, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but the use of ma- the animal energy and animal uh, symbolism in, like, you know, uh, different, you know, magic, magical ceremonies or different types of ceremonies in the past, we have all this symbolism between animals and connections with animals. So. To me, it only makes sense that if there's an Akashic record or something connecting all humans consciousness, that the consciousness of all animals uh, exist as well. 
you know, like, I don't even know what kind of question I'm trying to ask, but I, th- I think I want to know if you guys think that if if we came to how we are now with our consciousness, do we communicate, can we ever communicate with living other animals on a different, do they vibrate in a different dimensional frequency or, you know, take this. consciousness? Okay. All right, maybe. good. So <laughs> I only want to take this question because I have a, a year old golden retriever. He's, he's still a pup, but I got him when he was eight weeks old. And the, the, the guy is my best friend in the entire world. Uh, I think he understands everything I'm saying to him just because he doesn't have a way of communicating back other than like physical body language and movements. Um, I don't think that, that there's necessarily the barrier that, that we perceive, but what I do think with this entire Akashic records and, you know, soul cycle and everything is that there's, that there's possibly levels to consciousness, right? So there are certain things that happen in your life that may, that may test you as to whether you're ready to transcend or descend, you know? That's kind of like karma. and it, Well, it's the law of yeah. karma. And I think that where we're at on the plane that we live in, that I think there there may be levels within levels. So like this this third dimensional world that we live in called Earth, there are certain, <laughs> there are certain levels to this place. So it's like dimensions within dimensions. And whenever you reach the level of being a human that you may be at the highest level that this, that this dimension can contain physical reality, because we are, I mean, let's not kid ourselves. We are different than everything that lives here. We have a higher understanding of our environment. We have more self-awareness than anything, maybe other than things like, I mean, (laughs) dolphins are pretty, pretty advanced in terms of the idea of the way that they communicate in, in like the idea of self, but Goodbye and thanks for all the fish. That's when the <laughs> but, dolphins but I do leave think, this planet. I do think that there's something home. to what to to what you were saying and what you were asking. I think that there is there's certain levels to this shit, and as you transcend, you get higher in ability because the tests becomes become maybe the tests that come with your ability become more complex. It's like a video game. Them, you, exactly. It's you like gain a simu- skills. It's and like a simulation. Items. You know. Well, so the. And, and on that too, like we went okay, woo woo so, right there. And, Sorry, guys. And like if so, I mean, it could make sense that we were genetically, or our our consciousness was in like like a like a program, right? Like uh, mm-hmm. if we were pro- like a consciousness was actually given at limitations, even though you know we close our eyes and we see absolute darkness and depth, and it can go on forever, and you can create anything, but. If they took an animal and were had different ways of uh, giving it uh, implementive, you know, studies. I don't know. Yeah, I'm talking some like if some Anunnaki aliens came in and basically wanted to make workers, right? They took the bipedal, you know, ape dudes that were like kind of like Homo, homo you know, erectus. These guys look like, <laughs> yeah, they, they, they look like these could be some sweet slaves. Uh, and then they... Uh, then they give us a little like, you know, shots, they, they give everybody shots and it's like some sort of, you know, oh, like you can understand us a way to communicate with them, right. A different way. So they could tell us commands and tell us what to do and train us in a certain way. And that to me is why I, why I believe in like that we were part of the animal plane or we were part of the earth plane. We were here. And then genetically along the line, like we were cross with them. Yes, please, sir. Dan, my man. So what I think is that there's different frequencies all over the planet and those frequencies shape 
the people, the animals, and everything in that area to what oh, they yeah. physically <laughs> resemble. So certain people that come from different places might look like animals that are around that area because they, they share the same frequency vibration and we are all part of one consciousness. You know, I see my dog dream, my dog barks mm-hmm. when it's dreaming at something. Yes. My dog, you know, shows sadness. It shows happiness. Yeah. I think all animals yes. do. And they've even studied plants and plants can do the same thing. Yes. So we are all part of one consciousness and we are all part of, you know, one planet. We are basically living inside of an egg. Well, that's kind of, that's kind of my, that's my big picture idea. Not a flat egg. egg. (laughs) Some of our listeners are getting pissed. Some of them are agreeing with you. (laughs) But uh, I kind of agree with that. If I had, if I had to, you know, to put all my, put all my eggs in one basket, I would say that, uh, yeah, tight reference. I would, uh, I would say that there is, there is one consciousness at the beginning and that consciousness created the reality that we live in. And that, that is the idea of duality, which means that this one conscience consciousness had to split its, had to split itself up into multiple different things to understand the idea of more than itself. And I think that is the reality that we live on. And, um, I'm digressing, but I, I really think that that's the nature of the reality that we live in. That's why you see a lot of these things because things in certain areas vibe with certain frequencies and mm-hmm. everybody is, we're all one. I mean, when yeah, you die, connected. you go back to your collective conscious. We were on the earth plane in that frequency and we might've got a little jumbled or something. I'm Who knows? But you guys, this has been a great conversation. Do you want to tell the people where they can find you and all your work before we uh, let you go? Sure. Uh, you can find us at rising under slash FT under slash Astros under slash pod on Instagram. Come follow us. And you can find us on Spotify at rising from the ashes. Our email is rising FT ashes at yahoo.com. Send us some emails. Uh, Send us on some paths, you know, send us some stories. Tell us something, you know. I don't Amen. Anything, really. It's always good to just have some conversations, spread some info around. We love talking yeah. to our listeners. Um, I got people hitting me up on Instagram DMs all the time. Like, Daily, Motherfuckers, man. I don't know, like sending me a bunch of stuff. I love it. I Like, I can't no, reply to everyone, nice. but nice. like people just send me songs to listen to. And I'm like, <laughs> all right, cool. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's, awesome. It's fun interacting with That's the what crowd. we're here for, man. Yeah. We love it. Yeah, I'm just uh, a medium, you know? Yeah, exactly. We are a... Not a clairvoyant one, but I'm the medium to, you know, know, if other people have questions or whatever, you know, I'm totally 100% into answering them as best as I can. I don't know everything, but I pretend that I do, and that's good enough. (laughs) And you know what I like about you guys is that you're incredibly researched as far as like the documents as far like as far as um like Anunnaki yeah. and history is concerned and your homie Romy over here has a lot of like insight onto things that have that haven't really been thought about a lot and you guys have a great like polarity and chemistry at the same time and it's, it's dope mm-hmm. like uh that's well, needed in the you, podcast yeah. game i think that we do kind of a similar thing he got three strikes. He's off the pod. <laughs> After this episode, he's out of here. Yeah, but you guys were great. Oh, man. Shit. Well, I'm glad we got in. It was a good time. Today, <laughs> if you guys are ever in the, uh, if, if you leave that hellhole of California and come the Pit- oh, yeah. Pittsburgh <laughs> yeah. way, 
we'll, we'll have to meet up. You ain't wrong, dude. <laughs> Yo, actually, yeah, funny story. Sure, I'm I'm moving I'm moving back to moving back to Oregon. Oregon. Um, that I, might even be worse. I don't uh, if you're in that one city, I, uh, yeah. Portland. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, no, that's exactly where I'm going. I know oh no. Um, I, it's been a stressful week, boys. Hey, but um, stay you know safe, what? brother. Yeah, be safe, up. boys. Yeah, I got be got to be with family and shit. Yeah. So you might as well get some of those trousers that where you can you know unbutton the butt part. <laughs> <laughs> get a Fuck butt flap butt. and you can just hang it open. <laughs> <laughs> Hey man, I'm just excited to go to shows again, bro. Where yeah. I live out here, there That's ain't true. no music, man. You can't go to shows unless you get the vax, homie. Bro, Not this way, man, the vax can suck on my. You already sweet, had the bells. Sweet, you don't want that popsicle. shit again. Yeah, you guys, come out here. You can do whatever the hell you want, and we'll uh, we'll crack <laughs> no, a beer I really with do. you. I want. Uh, I got a. Um, I'm converting a 24 foot trailer right now. Hell yeah! Uh, into a mobile home, and uh, I just bought a motor home, dude. <laughs> Dude, yeah. let's go on a fucking tour around to all the megalithic structures within America. I'm that, so down. Dude, I keep trying to get him gonna to do, quit We're going to live stream <laughs> podcasts from these megalithic sites, and we're going to yeah. do like deep no. dives into it. It's, it's going to be about. I'm just waiting for him to quit his okay. job. I'm ready whenever. <laughs> we could create our own union of the unwanted. Uh, let's get some other casties. Well, know. They, actually, funny you mentioned that. Yeah, we have a group show called the Jackasses. Next time we meet up, you the, guys can the come. The Joint on. Authority on Conspiracy Association. We call ourselves the Jackasses. Uh, you're more than welcome. I love, yeah, we love it. I think. Oh my God. I think next Friday. Stuff. I'm more into the ancient stuff. Homie's more into the, like the new age conspiracy things going on. You hey. know, he's really into the COVID shit and everything. We get into a little bit of everything. Uh, yeah, so. we're we're pretty broad. Yeah, so. Well, Danny, you best to slide through. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, slide through, bro. <laughs> yeah, hit us up, man. All right. Well, we'll Bless keep you, in man. touch, brothers. This was a good talk. All right, boys. All right, cool. Yeah. Appreciate it. Have a good night. Thank you.
anything exists within our atmosphere, then the memory remains. The memories remain. Energy cannot be created nor destroyed. Therefore, the past is there to be discovered. To discover who we truly are. Because we're just looking for answers. To see if this is all just a simulation. And I'm not sure anymore. Life does just seem to be a blur anymore. Will we rise from the ashes? Wake up.